Welcome to the Animal Voices Radio Show, Canada's only radio program on animal advocacy and compassionate living. This is 100.5 FM Co-op Radio CFRO in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada on unceded Coast Salish territories. Today is Friday, October the 25th. 2019. I am your host, Allison Cole, and I am joined here today by my guest co-host, Christopher Anderson, and our control room operator, Carol Davies-McIntosh. Hello, Welcome everyone. to both of you. Hello. Well, 16-year-old Swedish climate activist Greta Thunberg is in town here in Vancouver right now, where she is present at a current post-election climate rally and march. The march of hundreds or thousands of people, we don't know, including striking children and Greta herself, is taking place at this moment in downtown Vancouver. We are here hosting the radio show, but this morning there was a press conference to make a big announcement. And at that press conference, it was announced that over a dozen youth across Canada are suing the federal government for actively and knowingly contributing to climate change and not protecting their charter and public trust rights from harms caused by the climate crisis. Any thoughts on this announcement, Carol? I don't know if you knew about it. I knew about the announcement. Actually, they've been announcing that uh, on the media over the last day or so. So um, I did know about it, and uh, it looks, I think it was just sort of the, I don't know if they actually uh, submitted the papers to the courts today or how, why that this was a big announcement today. But We will find out soon. I think it's part of the announcement is because there's the rally right now and people, as we speak, are marching through the streets in downtown Vancouver. And we have my friend Christopher Anderson back here in the studio to guest co-host with us today. Welcome, Chris. Thank you, Alison. You may remember Chris from the radio show where we interviewed him earlier this year about his month-long February vegan challenge. I had posed to him this challenge and he took me upon it right? <laughs> if you're interested in, in hearing that show, because we did a whole interview about it, that was at the beginning of March. You can look that up at animalvoices.org. So since then, just recently, I sent you another challenge of sorts. This one was to watch a movie, and that's that's not too much of a challenge for you, because you are a filmophile, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so this one was to watch the new documentary film, The Game Changers, now on Netflix, and also now the most downloaded documentary documentary ever in the history of iTunes since released there on October 1st. So with my challenge, I asked you, Chris, to report your thoughts about the film to me once you had watched it. You watched it this week, and here you are today. So thanks for watching The Game Changers. Now, would you say it's a film that dispels all myths about the need for animal protein to compete at a high athletic level, and especially for men? I haven't seen it, but I know a lot about it. (laughs) Right, yeah. Uh, I would say that, although, I mean, to say every myth, maybe not, but it really goes to a lot of, to great lengths to make the scientific case for uh, for taking on a vegan diet, particularly for athletes. 
and and in doing so you know really does an amazing job of breaking down step by step those myths with scientific evidence and what would you say was maybe some some of the highlights for you of the film yeah, for sure. So, um, I, spoiler alert, I'll try not to give too much away, but uh, what the, the way the film's uh, constructed is really clever in that it, uh, while, it's, while it's making these, this great scientific case for a vegan diet, it's interweaving it with the personal stories of uh, some elite, elite athletes who are you know, pursuing their own goals. Um, a couple of them are, are pursuing world records, for example. Uh, one of them uh, was a, a female um, a, a cycling uh, That's medalist. That's Dotsie Bausch. She was on our show. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, she yeah. won the silver medal in the 2012 Olympics. Yeah, at, yep. at age 39 and some months, almost 40, she won that medal. Yeah. And she, she specifically attributes that victory to her, uh, her vegan diet because she basically, when she came in, in, in for the, as the last member of that team to cycle, uh, she was in an almost impossible position and she turned it around and won. And as it happens, uh, they won by a fraction of a second and the people they beat was the Australian team, my oh. compatriots. <laughs> so you can pretty much literally blame the Australian loss on her <laughs> fantastic vegan diet. Really, and really inspiring story and she tells it so well. I absolutely loved that part. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So what would you say were your takeaways from the film? You know, I've been... You know, we met five years ago. I was looking through my notes from the last show. Yeah. I can't believe it's been that long, over five years, actually. Yeah. And would you say that over the years I've been advocating the vegan lifestyle to you? Well, I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't imagine anybody who would have advocated it more than you have. You have been exceptionally good about that. And and not only that, I have to thank you to give you credit for being patient because it's a it's a journey and everybody's going through it at their mm -hmm. own pace. And, um, and you've been extremely understanding uh, of me going through it at my pace so thank you so what uh, question for you did the game changers happen to make a difference in your pace in pursuing vegan lifestyle or what were your takeaways from it overall um to be honest i'd say no because it um uh, there's not a lot there's not a heap more that i can do in in that you know in that domain but what it what it really did was hit home you know just like i suppose there are benefits one didn't even one didn't even consider and oh, well, um, like what uh, <laughs> oh, I know well, what you're going to say. Go ahead. You can say it. Okay. Well, there's a, there's a whole section on um, the benefits to male virility of mm -hmm. a vegan diet. And what's really interesting is that they're almost immediate, like literally, you know, within a few hours of a meal, men are seeing benefits in that regard. So uh, for the male listeners out there, if you ever need a little boost, just make sure the meal beforehand is, is a vegan one. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that little review there and the teaser. I haven't watched it yet, but I look forward to it. It's available on Netflix now. Now, given that this episode is dedicated to appreciating our avian friends, this has brought me to remember the special show that we presented in July 2017 about local Vancouver celebrity Canuck the Crow and his human best friend, Sean Bergman. We are so saddened to know that Canuck has now been missing for almost two months and our hearts go out to Sean for his safe return. Canuck was last seen on August the 30th and his mate Cassiar has been calling for him with no response. There is a $10,000 reward for the safe return of Canuck. For any info or sightings, please contact Sean at canuckandi at gmail.com. He is not giving up and being reunited with his best friend and you can also see information on our Facebook page at Animal Voices Vancouver and on our website at animalvoices.org. 
So this week marks the second week of our Vancouver Co-op Radio Fall Member Drive, which is a perfect time to show your support for Animal Voices and the work we do here to create original quality programming for you every week on Vancouver Co-op Radio. Animal Voices is a public affairs show that reports on animal advocacy issues and the vegan lifestyle. Our shows can be heard live every Friday from noon till 1 p.m. PST at 100.5 FM in Vancouver and at coopradio.org. The podcasts are then posted at animalvoices.org and on iTunes and Google Play. Each podcast has the potential to reach millions of people globally, and we can get the message out there if you help us share. Vancouver Co-op Radio is listener-sponsored, and that means we need your help to keep the show on the air. So, Chris, last year, about a year ago, you told me that you would listen to the show a lot more if it was available on Google Play Podcast. Do you remember that? I, I do indeed, and it has <laughs> it has very much played out. Well, so what did I do on my Christmas vacation last year? <laughs> I got us on Google Play Podcasts, mm-hmm. and now, since then, you've been listening to every episode, right? Well, I download <laughs> oh, every episode, yeah. and then I listen oh, to them Oh, you do? That's yeah. even more impressive than I thought. So question for you what do you value about animal voices sure so um i guess probably the main thing is just the sheer variety of issues that are raised mm-hmm. and a lot of them you know i would already be aware of but some some have really come come as a surprise to me and um and i've been impressed by the caliber of the guests that you've had and the um the their you know their input the quality of their input that's probably the the main thing overall well thank you for that and as i said dotsy bausch you should go back and listen to that one that's yeah. an amazing interview Carol, what about you? I don't know if you... I wasn't listening to last week's show yet. I am listening to it on my podcast, so I didn't hear what you had to say about co-op radio, but is there anything that you would like to add about why you help on the Animal Voices show, and you have been now for over a year? You know, one of the things about co-op radio, and I was not a co-op radio listener before I joined, but one of the things about it is that it is an outlet, a media outlet for economically, socially, or politically disadvantaged. And um, so people who don't generally have a voice in our society, and that's one of the things that I really uh, cherish about it, actually. Um, It's um, an alternative perspective. And it provides the an issue, uh, a voice on issues that are not covered always by mainstream media or are covered differently by mainstream media. Yeah, so. I agree. I think we always put a different spin on the issues, and that's because we're bringing the voice of uh, alternative media, and we're, we're showing you the side that the mainstream media won't show you about animal advocacy issues. So Animal Voices, like all shows on Co-op Radio, is listener-supported. To support Animal Voices and the work we do on Vancouver Co-op Radio, we ask if you could please make a donation of any any amount at coopradio.org slash donate and mention that it's for Animal Voices. We would appreciate that so much. You can also call us on our phone line right now to donate at 604-684-8494 if you would like. Once again, that's 604-684-8494. Donations of $60 or higher, and that can be $5 a month donations as well, are tax deductible as Vancouver Co-op Radio is a non-profit charitable organization. We are grateful for your support to keep Animal Advocacy Radio on the air. And we are always also looking for volunteers to contribute to the show, both on and off the air. If you are interested in helping out, please 
email us at radioanimalvoices at gmail.com. So once again this week, the fur industry has made the news, and we have another win for the fur-bearing animals this week. It was just announced a few days ago that the mega department stores Macy's and Bloomingdale's will both be discontinuing the sale of fur by the end of 2020. Carol, any thoughts on this, this additional... I guess ditching fur from yet another another's well we've got some designers that have ditched fur mm-hmm. Michael Kors for right. example because he was pressured by animal activists and Burberry and Prada and Gucci and now we've got these huge department stores mm-hmm. I read that Macy's sells $8,000 mink fur coats. Yeah. Can you believe that? It, I mean, I really think that fur, and of course, the state of California has now banned fur in the whole state, and they're the fifth leading economy in the world. What it's do you definitely think? a trend. Well, I think um, what one of the things that Macy's said was, uh, and Macy's and Bloomingdale's also, it's owned by the same parent company, so it is the same entity in in effect um but they what they've said is that they're going to help their because they also have a vault where they will keep your fur over the summer so uh they're going out of that business as well so they're not going to be keeping anybody's furs over the winter they're going to turn that over to somebody whoever owns the vault wherever it is um and but there is one one thing that I noticed, and it is uh, that while, while this um, involves things like mink and fox and that sort of thing, it doesn't um, affect shearing, so sheep shearing. So sheep, they can still sell and will mm-hmm. still sell. Because that's technically wool. Well, yeah. but it's still, a, it's an animal skin, right? Mm-hmm. And they will mm-hmm. also still sell um, cattle skin so with the yeah. with yeah. the hair on it uh so there's you know there's it's a great it's a great um movement but um i'd like to see it push all the way and i think that will happen as well and we're actually going to get into some of what's coming up in that area on our events which is next so for some events that are coming up we have a cube of truth coming up tomorrow on saturday october the 28th what is a cube of truth you might ask well actually my sister and i participated in one last weekend at the corner of georgia and granville streets in Vancouver, downtown Vancouver. Are you familiar with that location? Just like sort of where the SkyTrain entrance is in front of Pacific Center, Chris? Yeah. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, so my sister and I participated and what the Cube of Truth is, for those who don't know, is we activists gathered together and we had about 20 people there and eight people form a cube with four people holding large screen TVs who are showing what happens in the animal exploitation industry, all different types of horrible things it really gets people looking it it drives conversations and the rest of us are there to interact with people and I my sister and I were there for about 90 minutes last week and she was helping hold the TV and we both had each um, a conversation with different people one person each who seriously took veganism as something to to work towards and so 
we all do that and at the end of the day at the end of the cube there's we add up the tallies and see how many animals were saved that day for people who are seriously looking into it so tomorrow that's happening from 2 to 5 p.m. downtown Vancouver and then after that you can join activists for a short disruption of speaking of the fur industry the Canada Goose flagship store in downtown Vancouver that's located right in Pacific Center and um, Chris you might be up for that or maybe on our upcoming huge mass fur protest on November the 15th so for this little disruption of the Canada Goose store we'll be meeting at Georgia and Gravel at 5 30 p.m. tomorrow and if you've never done this kind of disruption activism tomorrow you can take part in a larger crowd of people and and feel safety in numbers there and then come out on November 15th as well on Monday October the 28th there will be a, another disruption this one at a grocery store and activists will be meeting at the bike parkade at 10th at Commercial Drive at 5.30 p.m. and they will meet there, go to a nearby grocery store that, as all most grocery stores do in the world, exploit animals and be doing a short disruption there. That'll be videoed and that'll get a lot of attention in, the, in our alternative animal rights media. So once again, that's on Monday, October the 28th. Do you think you'd ever be interested in something like that, Chris? I've taken part in quite a few of them. I have to say they're empowering. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean well, we attended We're, one earlier in the year, which was a... Uh, you did? The, uh, the pig farm. Oh, that was Meet the Victims. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, you're referring to the yeah, specifically. Yeah, yeah, I'm referring to grocery store disruptions. Oh, There's right. all kinds okay. of activism going on in Vancouver. And so, speaking of the uh, Cube of Truth, International Cube Day actually is happening next Saturday, November the 2nd. That's my birthday. So I'm hoping, and Chris is coming with me, right? <laughs> I have to work that day, but um, anyways, in Richmond, they'll be doing a Cube of Truth from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Richmond Brighouse SkyTrain, and then from 3 to 7 p.m. at Georgia and Granville. And I'll be working that day, but I'm hoping to take uh, a lengthy break so that uh, Chris and I can, Crystal, you'll be there for your first Cube of Truth just to see what happens. And that's what you can do, just come and watch. And then, you know, just see what's going on. And then once again, on Friday, November the 15th, get ready as there's going to be a Canada Goose mass protest happening in Vancouver. We will have a light brigade of 16 people holding the letters to spell out Canada Goose Kills. And we'll be doing a short march throughout downtown Vancouver and then storming the Canada Goose flagship store as we, as we have done in the past is a, is a really powerful event. So this starts at 5 p.m. outside of the steps of the Vancouver Art Gallery on Robson Street. If you have an animal-friendly event that you would like to have announced on the show, please send it to info at animalvoices.org or you can send us a message on our Facebook page at Animal Voices Vancouver. It's the fall fundraising drive here at Vancouver Co-op Radio. Did you know that it costs $50 to create one hour of programming? That's over $400,000 per year. This fundraising drive, consider sponsoring one hour of your favorite radio show. Head over to coopradio.org forward slash donate and support real radio by donating today. Or call us at 604-684-8494. That's 604-684-8494. 684-8494 Vancouver Co-op Radio 
your community radio station. And we are back on the air. Hello, all our Facebook Live viewers. This is, we have a very special guest here. Yeah, we'll get you to put on your headphones. Adrienne, thank you for joining us here, Adrienne and Jacko. So today for our feature interview, we are joined here with two special people who I happened to meet on the street this summer. Adrienne Gauthier is here accompanied by her avian companion, Jacko, the African gray parrot. So if you're watching or if you can watch on Facebook Live right now, you can go to Vancouver Co-op Radio Facebook page or Animal Voices Vancouver's Facebook page. Welcome. Thank you for coming on the show. We asked, I asked you in the summer if you would come on the show and you said yes. And Jocko, today you're a rock star, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's yeah, you're welcome. I'm so glad to have you on. I, I have so many questions to ask. So I'm wondering, Adrienne, if you can start by telling us your story story as to how you became involved in animal protection and, and rescue at the Greyhaven Bird Sanctuary. Uh, it started with uh, Jacko. Um, well, I should start back with uh, I had a, a love bird, uh, our little girl Ziggy, and she got us into into uh, into parrots actually, and uh, we had her for 18 years uh, before she passed away. But oh. uh, that got us into wow. into parrots. My whole family decided, or my my mom, my stepdad, and myself uh, really got involved in in parrots um and jacko came along about eight years ago um we're bringing ziggy in for an appointment if anybody knows lovebirds would know that they are uh two ounces of love and terror and a whole bunch more oh wow i didn't know that uh but anyway so we're bringing ziggy in for an appointment uh at the veterinary clinic um night owl bird hospital Mm -hmm. uh which a lot of people probably know is one of the more common or favored Mm -hmm. clinics with dr mcdonald um and jacko was there uh, i saw him at the front and uh, just saw him sitting there and something attracted me to to jacko um and so that's sort of how i started my own family of birds um and dr mcdonald is the ceo of uh gray haven okay and so that's sort of how gray haven started for me um and uh, that's how jacko uh started um, my family, like I said, right. my family. So, um, and I didn't start volunteering until a little bit later on, a few years uh, down the road from that, um, knowing that Greyhaven does a lot of uh, education um, and volunteering. Mm-hmm. And I have to say that um, volunteering is a great way to learn or uh, educate yourself uh, what kind of parrot you'd like, uh, what suits you, your lifestyle. Um, and um, a lot of volunteers, I, mm-hmm. like myself, end up adopting either the first bird or um, their su- subsequent uh, parrots from from there on. So um, it's uh, and if you can't, uh, so if you can't volunteer, uh, donate, but also um, adopt. Don't shop is is probably one right. of our biggest um, sayings. There's just so many birds out there that there's really no need to um, go out and get a I guess you could say a designer bird when there's right. just so many birds out there right now. So. I, and I was doing a little bit of research into the exotic bird 
pet trade, which mm-hmm. is how these birds end up at sanctuaries such as Greyhaven, right? Mm-hmm. And do you know what Jocko's story is as to wh- why he... So you said you met him at the Night Owl yeah. uh, Bird Hospital, but yeah. why was he just sitting there? <laughs> What's his story? Um, it's a bit of a sad story, and he's talking a little bit right now, and he loves telling this story. He's always really excited, even though it's a sad story. He um, he was at Night Owl for about two years. He had roughly five fosters that tried oh, no. to um, adopt him, and um, he was... He was rather angry, I would say. His his expressions have all changed since, but um, oh, he's going to go on my shoulder now. He's quite relaxed in here. It's amazing. <laughs> um, my understanding from uh, Dr. McDonald was only allowed to give me a little bit of information for protection of the previous mm-hmm. owners, um, and uh, so he was confiscated by the SPCA, and I believe it was with in conjunction uh, by Dr. McDonald. Uh, he was in a very um, disturbing, uh, dirty, situ- uh, sturdy cage. Um, there was dog food, cat food in there. He ended up with, um, I don't think it was confirmed, but it was either an E. coli or salmonella um, infection in his gut. And um, he needed some medical treatment afterwards. Not only uh, medical, but psychiatric, uh, if that's... Um, yeah, um, makes sense. Um, if you can believe that. Um, he did a lot of negative self-talk when I got him. Uh, he would beat himself up and... and uh, what, what would he say? Um, I actually, I don't like repeating a lot of oh, what he said. you don't he want to hear right I, now. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but he, he swore a lot. Um, oh, wow. And he, he, he still does. Even last night he was swearing a little bit and so I like to intervene and just mm-hmm. kind of let him know that he's, he's loved. And, um, and he even says now, because I, I ask him a lot, are you a happy bird? And he, he says, yep. I'm, I'm a happy, I'm a happy boy. Jacko, so I love hearing that. Are you a happy bird? Oh, are you being quiet all of a sudden? <laughs> are you a happy bird? Are you that's happy his bird? laugh. <laughs> but anyway, can, anybody's Aww. watching, you can tell that's him laughing. Yes, so I remember I did an interview some years back with uh, the late Wendy at the World Parrot right. Refuge. And I remember her saying that uh, some people... Um, buy parrots be- mm-hmm. uh, because it's part of what you do if you're in the drug um, dealing industry is it, would do you know about that and it's, it seemed oh. to be as a status symbol I wouldn't yeah. be surprised yeah yeah so so it seems like Jacko was in a poor situation mm-hmm. here and and from what I understand a- African greys are actually endangered because yes. of the pet trade and because Absolutely. of cat catching thousands and thousands of them yes. in the wild. And I also read that um, a large percentage of African greys who are captured don't even make it yes. to the pet stores in, in North well, America. And they're from Africa. Yes. They're uh, very brutally treated. Um, some of the ways that they're smuggled, um, I'm not 100% sure about African greys, but I've seen uh, different species. They're stuffed into plastic mm-hmm. uh, bottles oh, or tubes. I've seen them in tubes on um, that. Um, and then they're yeah. put under people's garments or it's into different horrible. containers and I mean I, I can't uh, they're dehydrated they are malnourished they're stressed birds are easily stressed um, even when we take them to um, the veterinary's office um, they're very conscientious about not overheating them um, 
being careful about uh, how much stress they're put under. Um, even doing blood work can stress them out. Uh, there's, it stresses um, humans out. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> stresses, stresses us out, out to have them get their, yeah. their work done. So, um, And then when we, if we think about when we go to the hospital, um, the noises that we uh, experience, the, the doctors, the nurses, anybody that comes in, it's very stressful. Um, yeah. It's... I, I remember our, our companion animal dogs. They never mm-hmm. liked going to the vet. They knew yeah. the road to the vet, and yeah. they would start freaking out. Absolutely. Yeah. The first time I brought Jacko in, um, I don't remember if it was a, a checkup or just a visit. Um, he refused to go past the front door. He was so scared mm-hmm. of being there that I was going to leave him there. And I just sat on the floor um, near the front and we just sat there until he was comfortable yeah Aww. he's agreeing he remembers he, and uh, he's nodding believe me when I say that if he did not because uh, he he's very good at understanding um, he may not mm-hmm. express uh, vocally but his body language is very much um, uh, understood at least I've spent a lot of time trying to understand him or uh, take the time to understand him as much as possible and um, he will agree or disagree or just not say anything sometimes right. um, but he, he's agreed very much so with that statement so um, yes we I've taken a lot of time either just um, listening to him um, or talking to him ahead of time before doing mm-hmm. something um, just getting here I put him in for about a half hour now because I didn't want him to be overtired and um, I opened the cage door and I says okay we're going out we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a fun afternoon meet some people and uh, he wasn't quite ready to come out but he wanted to make the choice and I says okay I'm gonna come and get you in a few minutes by the time I came and got him he knew it was gonna be an exciting day and he was already <laughs> out on the floor waiting for me to come and get him so but you told him yesterday right? I told him yesterday <laughs> that he was gonna be a rock star and for him when I take his harness off um, I say okay you're gonna be a rock star and that's I've had to work on um, taking putting on his harness taking it off so we can go outside because I don't want to have him fly off and, and not be able to catch him we've already had we might get to this later but um, I've already had an incident with him and I was very fortunate to to get him back um, and I never want to experience that yeah that well tell, again. tell us about it the, the, the time you yeah. lost Jocko. Um, so I was sitting outside uh, with a friend of mine who also has a, um, a parrot she has a macaw blue gold macaw Archie mm-hmm. uh, so this is going out to Mimi um, and I was sitting out with him and this is when he would not let me harness train him uh, or was very reluctant I should say and uh, we were just sitting on the corner our usual corner and uh, something spooked him I was talking to one of our another neighbor who just happened to be walking by and he got spooked um, I tried holding on to his feet I usually have an Egyptian grip on him um, so my thumb is on top of his toes and he flew off and I saw him go uh, part way um, which was uh, down half a block and um, down an alley and I lost him after that and I just started freaking out I'm like oh my gosh where is he gone and um, so I, I run down the alley and I ha- fortunately had my phone on me but um, um, I, I'm looking I'm looking I'm looking and I don't see him I don't hear him and then fortunately he has we have a contact call um, and he starts calling to me and oh. I was so lucky that he was calling to me and <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, right no no it's not knock knock we're not gonna I, yeah you want me to finish the story yeah 
Okay. He knows the story. He knows the story that mommy yeah. found him. He knows that mommy found him, yeah. So he was up in a tree, and he was beside an apartment building. And there was a lady home, but she couldn't quite reach him. Um, so we worked for probably an hour. At least it feels like it was an hour. It probably felt like half a day um, trying to get him out. And I called a fire department. I think I ended up speaking to a fire chief. Um, and I called my parents, and they were on the way with, uh, with a long ladder um, they were mad at me and I, I you know I don't blame them for that um, and uh, just when they were almost there um, he got spooked out of the tree and he flew down um, and he uh, landed just shy of the road on the other side of, of the, uh, the alley so it was a great ending for me I got him the same day within an hour or so um, but that doesn't always happen and I have ever since no matter what have taken my harness and so I learned my lesson right and he learned his lesson he doesn't like the harness still but we put it on and uh, he chews them and I just buy a new harness and um, but he's now a rock star whenever we take it off and Jocko, you're yeah. not you're not gonna fly away again, right? No. No. <laughs> I no. just wanna say that when you told me this story in the summer, he was listening, and then suddenly out of nowhere oh. he goes, I won't do that again. <laughs> Serious. It was true. Serious. He did, yeah. Yeah. He was he was paying attention quite intensely and he he does things like that. Um, my father once I think it was the first time I had taken uh, Jack out to my father's and uh, we were having pasta my dad didn't believe uh, that he liked pasta or that he was paying attention uh, and could talk um, that he was uh, um, that yeah. vocal yeah. and understanding and well. so he <laughs> says yep I like pasta what are you talking about like it was sort of his yeah. whole demeanor yeah. was of course I'm paying attention and yes I love my pasta you like your pasta Jacko oh he loves pasta he loves noodles he likes noodles yeah I can't imagine him scooping up those noodles yeah he unfortunately um, when I was saying about his uh, infection mm. right. um, he has uh, a lot of adhesions um, which have sort of moved all of, um, his organs into um, improper positioning has made it hard for him to have a lot of the fruits and vegetables that he, uh, as most parrots, should have. Mm -hmm. um, and so I have to be very careful. He's so excited right now. It's great. Are you excited, <laughs> Are you excited He loves his fruits and vegetables. Um, anyway, so he, I had to be very careful about what I feed him. Yeah. And I would love to give him all the fruits and vegetables, uh, the organics that um, most birds would have. Um, but so for him, he's very um, specific diet. And uh, so he gets, he loves being hand-fed mash, warm mash. Um, like mashed potatoes? No, oh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a parrot mash oh, okay. um, that he gets, and it's uh, fortified for, for parrots. Okay. Um, and so I feed him uh, twice a day, and if I don't get that, he actually will start um, calling to me and saying, where is, he doesn't say, where is it, but he's just like, you know, he's calling and he's saying, where is it? Um, and that's sort of one of the things that bonded us when I first saw him was um, Dr. McDonald was saying, well, why don't you try feeding him? Um, and so when I would visit a lot and I would feed him his mash, and that's sort of been our thing is, is hand feeding him. And, and he just absolutely adores it. And it has to be warm. 
Oh, if yeah. it's not warm, he's just like, no, 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 bring, you know, bring so it back bit, when it's warm. He's a bit of a picky eater. He, he yeah. is a bit of a picky eater, but, you know, I'll accommodate that. That's okay. He's had a rough, rough uh, past, so. Well, he's in his forever home now. You yeah. are uh, you are listening to Animal Voices on 100.5 FM, CFRO on Vancouver, Co-op Radio in Vancouver, Canada. Now, for our Facebook Live viewers, hello. Uh, you can see what Jocko looks like, but for our radio and podcast listeners, I just wanted to describe his um, his appearance. And I was reading mm-hmm. up on African gray parrots, so he's he's has beautiful um, shaded gray scalloped feathers and a red tail and I understand mm-hmm. that's that's what African greys look yes. like so yeah he's uh, a Congo um, African grey yes. so There's the tinnies the tinnies yeah. are a little bit smaller and they are a darker that's shade uh, mm-hmm. their red is more of a, a black uh, to it uh, they're just generally darker mm-hmm. and their beaks are um, a little bit different as well and I've read that the Congos are um, more I guess they get more excited <laughs> I think say? it depends on the the gray itself. Okay. Um, Jacko, I'm I'm very lucky that he's he's quite gregarious um, and because it makes your life more yeah. interesting, right? Absolutely, and you're yeah. snuggly. He's surprisingly snuggly, yes, and he's very um, extroverted. Uh, most Timneys, my uh, female gray, she's she's very introverted and and um, just timid uh, in general except with me uh, she's uh, very playful with me uh, at times she she picks her times but uh, um, take her outside and she's just she climbs up um, so are so. they best buddies um, they <laughs> uh, they used to be and something changed uh, I don't know if it was her health um, that uh, she has cardiac problems she has congestive heart failure um, but ever since um, they they love being in the same room they love being able to talk to each other uh, but that's about as far as it goes and they need to be separated from each other you know have their own playgrounds they have their mm-hmm. own cages I will not meet them um, that's one thing I, I, I don't believe in right. it would be super cute to have a baby gray don't get me wrong I would love to have my own baby grays but um, no I'll always yeah. adopt we, we don't need more <laughs> no we don't and and Jocko is actually bred uh, in he's Canada? captive captive he's okay. a captive bred he was not brought in from the wild the reason right. I know that um, from what I've learned uh, from some of my research is um, he has a closed band on okay. his uh, on his foot. Yeah. Um, I can't. Um, his band information, which uh, one thing I will say is, you should always keep that to yourself. Keep a copy of it somewhere, um, but you should never give it out because uh, somebody, if they were to take it, and that's just. Um, that's, it's almost like having your SIN number you keep it to yourself. Right. Um, but anyways, it's a closed band. It was put on when his foot was um, sort of malleable. Um, they could put it on, slip it over, but as soon as they be, get to a certain age, you can't slip it on. So if they were um, caught from the wild, it would be an open band, and it would have just been closed as far as it can. Right. But there will be a, a small slit and, um, his, and his is closed. His is yeah. closed, just like so his sister. So, speaking of age, how old is Jocko, and how long ago was it that you that you found each other? Uh, we found each other about eight years ago, mm-hmm. um, and he was born. Uh, his band says um, that I can give away. Uh, says around. Um, oh, you're 96. That's right. Your sister's a 91. He's a 96. So that makes um twenty two. Yeah, roughly okay. twenty two, twenty three. Um, the only reason I use his adoption date as his 
birthday, even though I don't have an exact hatch date. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we celebrate April 22nd. Is that your birthday, Jocko? When's your birthday? <gasps> When's your... Are you... You're not a birthday. Oh. What did you say? You're you're mumbling a little bit, which is something I say you don't do. You're very you're very particular about your words, aren't you? Yes, you're a perfectionist. That was one thing. Yes, you're very much. A, oh, you're very much a perfectionist. Yes, and I read that, or actually, you told me before that that is one of the traits of the African gray parrot. Is yes. that they are they're highly intelligent animals, by mm-hmm. the way, by human standards. They're known yes. to have cognitive abilities. Um, similar to that of a four-year-old human child in certain tasks, which yes. I I believe from what I, I've always been fascinated yes. by African gray parrots, which is why I asked you to come on the show. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we found yeah. Uh, that, yeah, <laughs> that information um, was interestingly discovered by Dr. Pepperberg and Alex uh, uh-huh. about their cognitive abilities. And I read um, one of her books is, is more easily um read through and the second one is more of our research with right. with Alex um, but yes he's very much a perfectionist uh, in a sense that they will practice at home usually when you're not uh, when you're not home or if you're in another room they like to um, to just work out the sounds mm-hmm. um, I interestingly enough I it turns out my parents told me I was the same way when I was a child I liked to work on my words and I didn't come out I was uh, French when I was a child um, and I didn't speak French until I was at school one day sitting on my teacher uh, sitting with my teacher and um, all of a sudden I just spewed out French unfortunately I don't speak French anymore but that's beside the point and so it's interesting that I have a parrot that's exactly the same way right <laughs> so so you two were made for each other apparently yes that's amazing yeah. so um, from what I read African gray parrots can grow to be 40 to 60 years old mm-hmm. in captivity so that's right. can you tell us about the the process that it takes to decide to adopt an animal that <sighs> might out, outlive you yeah um a lot of it's research first, um, knowing what kind of, um, oh, wow, that, it's such a, I have to say it's a loaded question because you have mm-hmm. to know what your lifestyle is. Right. Um, you have to realize that you're not going to be, if you're a spontaneous person and you want to go out and go on vacation or you um, like to party and uh, whatever your lifestyle is, um, if you're more of a homebody, that's great. If you work from home, that's fantastic. Um, I mean, you can accommodate for sure, um, but they're like having a child, um, in all honesty. Um, but um, they take a lot of time. They're messy. Um, they bite. Uh, mm-hmm. We all have bad days, and sometimes if we don't read their body language and they decide to nip, you know, don't you know, don't expect to buy a bird and then realize that you know they bite you and you want to return them. That's so not fair. Like you don't return no. your child. Re- exactly. Um, yeah. So realize that you know we have bad days we sometimes stomp around throw things i don't know how you know some people are everybody's different on how they have a bad day i go silent generally um and you know so i've been um he bit me once that was you know him um saying that i want to make sure that you're serious about having me or he was testing you he tested me and i told him Wow. He's, he's very much agreeing. Yeah. Um, he tested me because, you know, the very first day that I, I brought him home, I said, do whatever you need to do to, to make sure, um, you know, that, uh, you know, I'm not 
letting you go anywhere. And I, I told the vet, I says, he has a forever home with me, no matter how we end up yeah. as, as a, a family. Um, but yeah, um, so do your research. Um, I think I mentioned earlier, volunteering is a great way to find out what kind of bird yeah. um, you want. If you want a bird, is it, you know, volunteering will, will tell you, can you manage the responsibilities? Um, you know, you have to change their water every day, sometimes a couple times a day. Um, cleaning their cages can be messy and, and challenging. Um, do you have the just like a right? Just like a human child. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not as bad. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, he has tantrums. Oh. So, yeah. So what um, does a tantrum look like um, by Jacko? So he throws things. He gets in his food bowl and he will, you know, throw oh. his head into the... His sister does it more. Yeah. Dudley does it a little bit more than, than he does. Um, sometimes it means that he's going to run on the floor and go after my feet. He's mm-hmm. gotten a lot better at, at not doing that. But um, he does that. He gets... Um, possessive uh, of his territory yeah birds are territorial very territorial and generally when he's been somewhere for a little while if somebody comes into his territory he likes to um he's a, a foot assassin um <laughs> my dad named that uh particular um tag for him <laughs> he's a foot assassin and he he can be quite a, a biter when he wants to be um he's very good with me he generally doesn't bite me i'm i'm um I, I'm considered mom to him, so he he generally doesn't bite. He's really good. If he does, I know he's not feeling well. Right. Um, but so yeah, it. Um, other things to uh, consider is um, if you're going to have eventually a child, can you manage? You know, yeah. having a child and a bird. Um, you know, you don't want to. Have to say something that really angers me is when a couple will return their yeah. companion animal mm-hmm. because they decided to have a baby. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Even if you realize that the bird is, and interestingly enough, the the bird will be more upset than anybody else you know they'll start pulling feathers they will be stressed because there's a new member in the family the bird's not getting as much as much attention as it was before um and so you have to divide your attention just like if you had two children you went from having you know a three person family to having a four person family um you have to learn how to um split the attention uh that bird needs that bird is your child and needs the attention um and so or just like having a dog i don't necessarily encourage it happens a lot where people have dogs or cats and then bring in a bird um cats are dangerous to birds yeah i'm surprised saliva i'm surprised people would do that oh yeah saliva is toxic to to birds Uh, it could kill them very very easily um but you know it happens and um, there's actually, I was talking about uh, Mimi and Archie. They, the, um, Mimi has uh, four cats, and um, Woody is one of the cats in the flock, and at first would not accept uh, Jacko into, I guess you could say, the flock or into the group, and now is very protective of Jacko. Um, Did I meet Archie in the summer? Because there was uh, another, no, I don't there was think another so. parrot out there. Well, you might have, but I, He's colorful. I it may have been after, uh, near the end of, of our conversation before you left, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, a woman came out with her parrot. Oh, then it would have been her. <laughs> okay. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Just happened to be, yeah. have two parrots on mm-hmm. the on the street and on the right. west side of Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We sit out there quite a bit. And uh, her cat uh, is very protective of Jacko now, and I, I never worry. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll always keep an eye out, but I never worry that uh, Woody's going to attack Jacko anymore. Uh, it's quite something. Wow. So you've so got a protector there, Jacko. He does, yeah. 
That's right. <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> I missed that. You were on the wrong side of my ear, right? <laughs> so I, I'm wondering more about uh, Grey Haven Exotic mm-hmm. Bird Sanctuary. They, they are for all exotic birds. So mm-hmm. what other kinds of birds do they have there that people might... They have, uh, they go from small to large birds. Uh, so they have budgies, uh, lovebirds, kikes, quakers, a lot of cockatoos, a lot of macaws. They have grays. Um, they, they have a range. Um, Mm -hmm. so I understand when the world parrot refuge unfortunately closed because Mm -hmm. the owner, Wendy, unfortunately died. Um, there were, she had hundreds and hundreds of birds. I believe there was. Uh, don't quote me, but I believe there was about 600. That sounds right to me. Yeah. And from what I understand, a lot of them went to Grey Haven, and yes. then they were trying to desperately adopt yes. them all out. Absolutely. There's you, still uh, one to 200, oh, from my I understanding. I, I didn't get the yeah. recent numbers before coming on. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. So yeah. there's still quite... And this yeah. was... Um, there's at least 100. Yeah. We had her on the show in 2000... Uh, I want to say 2015. So okay. it's been since then. Yeah. It's 2019 now. So... So that's um, that's a lot of birds that Absolutely. need help. They need adoption, and Absolutely. and they unfortunately are in this situation because of the terrible pet trade. Yep. And this is a great opportunity for people to. I mean, you you seem to have a wonderful bond with Jacko. Like, who, who is he as a person to you and as a family member? He's my child. Jacko's my child, just like Dudley is my child. I got Dudley from WPR, um, oh, yeah. and I uh, made a great bond with her. Actually, that going back for just a moment, uh, another thing about Greyhaven um, or adopting is spend time with the bird before you adopt. That makes sense. Don't to see if you're a match, right? See if you're a match. Don't just go and say, oh, I want this kind of bird, yeah. and I want to adopt it. Um, visit multiple times. Um, but um, Jacko... Um, he's my life. I, I'll never. Uh, I'll. <laughs> yeah. You. I win. Yes, you win. Are you friends forever, Jocko? Is we Adrian are. your mom and your best yeah. friend? He said, "I win." I win. Yeah. That that's true, isn't oh, it? Is that in your way? You were gonna give me a kiss. Chris, do you have any questions for Adrian and Jacko? A few, actually. Um, yeah. Well, I'm quite curious about the whole concept of the sanctuary. I'm, I'm yeah. presuming well, that the objective yeah. is to how, or like to treat, if necessary, and house, oh, yes. and then hopefully rehome birds that otherwise couldn't survive. I mean, Jacko has obviously got special needs. Yeah. But is that is that a common scenario at the sanctuary? Um. I don't know if it's necessarily common, but it, when the WPR birds came in, there were several. Uh, there were definitely a lot of birds that needed medical treatment. They were in poor health. Um, the, it was rat infested. Uh, it was dirty. Um, it just it fell apart, unfortunately, uh, when Wendy passed away. Um, and so there were, um, I wouldn't say hundreds, but there were definitely um, dozens upon dozens of birds that needed medical treatment, either um, vitamin shots or um, just nutritional boosts to help them. Um, and then the stress, unfortunately, um, you know, took a few or you know several of the birds, um, and so getting them into a less stressful environment was, was challenging. Um, but um, you know, there are, there are a few birds that are you know have cardiac issues, respiratory issues. Um, you know, they've had amputations, and so they need platforms to help them accommodate with with walking in their cages or outside of their cages. Um, 
So, you know, there, there are some, um, and that's part of when you adopt, you don't know what their medical background is, and you, you take that on um, as part of... Um, um, as part of their, you know, being their parent or being their their companion, uh, um, it, it's it's a bit of a gamble. Um, you know, Dudley, I didn't know she was. I knew she had a little bit of of cardiac instability or cardiac issues, um, but you know, you, you love them, and you know, when you have a child, you don't you don't know if they're going to be healthy um, when they're born. You they could have any number of things, and well. so you you know you take that choice or you make that choice. Um, yeah. What's the community like in Vancouver? Are, are, do you have a exotic bird rescuer community? Oh, because absolutely. Because you said your family's been into it for many years. Like, oh, absolutely. There's a huge there's community. Archie. Yeah, there's Tell a huge more community. About that. Um, well, if you want to socialize your birds, um, there's... Um, Emily Weeks was the uh, started uh, what we call Flight Club. Um, now, I believe... Um, uh, Amber uh, Chu um, organizes it a little bit more, um, has taken it over because uh, Emily uh, does adoptions. Um, I think it's called uh, Vancouver Adoptables. Um, mm-hmm. She does more of the um, dogs right now, but she's very much involved with, with exotics. Um, but there's a flight club that you can get involved in, and I'm sure there's, if you go to... Is that on Facebook? I think, or I think maybe you told me about that. I looked it up. Um, if you go to... Um, Night Owl Bird Hospital, you'll probably see a mm-hmm. poster up that talks about uh, Flight Club. You have to be, um, you have to have a uh, a checkup. Doesn't necessarily have to be blood work, but you have to have a checkup, and you have to have um, had your bird for, I believe, it's either one to three months. I, I haven't been in a little while, um, but um, I know Jacko loves going. Um, and you like we, going we to the flight club? We do need to go. <laughs> there is a small fee for going, and it's to pay for the rent um, mm-hmm. of the building, and um, and then anything above and beyond. My understanding is it goes to Greyhaven. Um, to uh, it's it's a donation, and it's just an amazing way to meet other people that have um, have birds, and you can you know talk to other people what they do. You can problem solve different things if they have questions. That's, there is a Facebook great. page. Yeah. It's a closed page. Um, that way you can share pictures or videos and talk and not worry about. Um, having other people on Facebook either criticize or and don't who don't understand yes right absolutely yeah. so it's a closed closed page mm-hmm. um, and also if you don't want other people to know that you have a bird mm-hmm. um, for me that was a big fear for a long time of having other people know that I had birds um, and so this was a big like step forward for me of bringing right. Jacko on uh, to your show today was okay I'm letting people know that I have I have a parrot but I'm proud of having Jacko and he's he's such a, a great great little guy and he's um, he's an advocate in all honesty um, he's he's such an extra extrovert and he's so social that I, I think he um, he can handle it <laughs> you can handle it Jacko. Yeah. so yeah. we only have about a minute left and all the right. last question I have for you is Finally, like we we have Jacko on the show today as part of our we we do shows that are just about animal appreciation mm-hmm. to show how amazing. Actually, I I always say that all animals are amazing, so yeah. we feature different animals on the show, yeah. and Jacko is definitely no exception to that. So quickly in mm-hmm. in a minute can you tell us how Jacko has enriched or changed your life? He was uh, he started off. Uh, as uh, a bird that I absolutely adored um, and was happy to 
to rescue or to adopt. Um, he ended up being um, pet therapy for me. I had an injury, um, and he recognized when I he he was able to push me and get me back to health. So he's mm-hmm. been everything to me. Um, what he's given to me, I hope I can only repay a um, hundred or a thousandfold. Yeah. So it's a win-win relationship. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Adrienne for coming on the show today to bring us Jacko here and remember you can watch on Facebook Live this will be available on Animal Voices Vancouver Facebook page after the show and uh, thank you for sharing your story of bird rescue and avian love and friendship if you have been inspired by this story and want to look into rescuing an exotic bird yourself you can contact the Greyhaven Exotic Bird Sanctuary at greyhavenbirds.com so you've been listening to Animal Voices Radio on 100.5 Co-op Radio in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Please join us on next week's show, November 1st, which is World Vegan Day. We'll also be celebrating my 10-year anniversary of volunteering at the Animal Voices Show. For World Vegan Day, we are excited to present an interview with Colleen Patrick Goudreau, also known as the Joyful Vegan. She has been spreading the message of veganism and compassion for many, many years now and will be releasing her new book soon entitled The Joyful Vegan, How to Stay Vegan in a World that Wants You to Eat Meat, Dairy, and Eggs. I am so looking forward to this interview. We here at the Animal Voices show modestly ask for you to keep connected with Animal Voices via the World Wide Web. You can do so by signing up on our Facebook page, Animal Voices Vancouver, and check out all of our past podcasts at animalvoices.org where you'll be able to hear this this weekend. You can also send us an email at radioanimalvoices at gmail.com to just give us feedback on the show. And just a reminder that we are in the midst of our co-op radio fall member drive. This is a perfect time for you to show your support for the community-based radio station and the Animal Voices show by buying a membership or simply donating to the Radio Society. You can call 604-684- 8494 now to make a donation over the phone or if you'd prefer just go to coopradio.org and click on donate to make a secure donation and if you appreciate the work that we do here every week at Animal Voices to bring you original quality programming on the topics of current animal issues please show us your support and we would appreciate that so much once again at coopradio.org and click on donate to end this week's show we are closing with the remix of I'll Fly Away for you by DJ Krisnik in honor of our avian friends such as today's guest Jocko the African Grey Parrot please tune in again next week thanks for listening and remember to be kind to the animals